<laughs> Burrowhead, huh? Knocked away and intercepted. Intercepted by Joshua Williams. <laughs> Burrowhead, huh? Pass left side, intercepted at midfield. <laughs> Burrowhead, huh? Burrow pressured in the pocket. He's sacked. He's sacked. <laughs> Burrowhead, huh? Burrow swallowed up! <laughs> Burrowhead, huh? Burrow's gonna be sacked again! Wrapped up and taken down! Chris Jones! 610 Sports Radio. Let's do this. It is the Nate Taylor Show here. Take you up until 8 o'clock. We hand things off to Dusty Likens. Nate Taylor, you were at the game yesterday. Is that the best you've seen Arrowhead? It had to be up near the top. Yeah, it's, it's up there. Um, you're the first person that's asking me this. Um, the stakes were greater, of course, than last year because that was just a divisional round between the Chiefs and the Bills, even though that was probably a more back-and-forth compelling game. You know, Carrington, the Bengals never had the lead in that game. That's something I had to tell myself like four times today. I was like, they never had the lead, even though I don't think it felt comfortable for Chiefs fans. Um, It's up there. It's got to be like top three. Um, I would always say like watching Patrick do the run against the Titans is still – that's still number one because obviously that was the first time that they won um, to break through for 50 years to go to the Super Bowl. Um. Yeah, and I think there's a good argument that you could say yesterday's game might be two because of the circumstances. Mahomes playing on basically one and a half leg. Uh, it's the best game Chris Jones has ever played, given the importance of it, where he is in his career as their best defensive player. Yeah, I might. I don't know. I might put that as two because um, for as exciting as. Man, I don't know. That's tough. As exciting as last year's game was against the Bills and the back and forth and the, like, what, they just scored another touchdown? Wait, they just scored a touchdown? Like, 13 seconds? Now that I'm talking it through, I don't know. I guess on the day, I might say Chiefs-Bills is two and Bengals, you know, this win against the Bengals is three. But I don't know. I can live in the moment. I can I can say that that's number two. But nothing will nothing will live. Um, I mean, I, I should look up the stats here in a minute. Just what Mahomes did in that AFC Championship game in nineteen, um, where the Titans were up seventeen seven, and it didn't matter because he he went nuclear. Um, but last night was last night was really compelling um, because they had to beat that team. They had to prove that they could regain. There's, you know, their supremacy in the AFC to prove that, like, yes, once again, with a bunch of rookies and a hobbled Mahomes, they're still they're still the best team in the AFC, and they they did it, man. They did it in a, in an amazing fashion with Harrison Bucker getting his own redemption. Same with Sky Moore. Um, obviously, Chris Jones having not just one but two postseason stacks. Um, yeah, yesterday yesterday is 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 a pantheon game for a lot of guys. So let's start with this because there are so many game points that we can get into. Take us through the first, let's say, hour you get there. Okay. Because we get the report from Jay Glazer that, oh. hey, something's oh. going on with Travis Kelsey. Maybe Travis Kelsey yes. won't play in this game. Maybe he's not 100%. I'm sure you're texting people. You're calling people. Mm-hmm. I've been in the, 
in those situations where yeah. everybody in the press row is talking. Yes. Kind of take us through when you get there and you hear, hey, something's going on with Travis Kelsey. So on Saturday night, I was told he was fine. And this was even before, like, uh, I think Adam Schefter, you know, tweeted out that, yes, Travis Kelsey intends to play. I'm like, well, he's he's technically questionable, but he was a full participant in practice. Um, as we talked about Friday, like, I knew he was getting treatment, and it didn't look like a, a serious thing. So Sunday, I'm getting ready, hanging out with the family um, before I go to Arrowhead, and I see the Jay Glazer report, and he's not inaccurate because Kelsey is questionable. He is, you could consider a game-time decision. But then I got to the stadium, and then Travis Kelsey walked onto the field, and I said, oh, I don't need to see a route. Like, he's, he's going to play. Um, it would be more surprising if he didn't play for obvious reasons. Um, he's one of the more durable NFL stars in the league, especially at a position where you get hit quite a bit, obviously over the middle of the field. But no, it was it was fascinating to like see him walk into the stadium and then go through the normal routine, then see him run a couple routes and just be like, oh, he's he's good. And this was back spasms, which are not great to go through. But at the same time, I don't think it was I don't think it was ever as serious as um it appeared on Friday. And even with Jay Glazer saying, hey, it's a it's a game time decision, like yes, technically, but I everyone I talked to said he was always gonna play in that game. So let's talk about the game here and what we led the show with earlier today is we gotta stop comparing Patrick Mahomes to all these mere mortals, man. <laughs> mere mortals. We gotta stop doing that. Think about I gotta stop questioning the the human body that Patrick Mahomes has, apparently. Think about just all the superlatives for this. So Mahomes is injured. Yes. Kelsey's not a hundred percent. Maybe he wasn't in danger of not playing, but Kelsey wasn't a hundred percent. Right. I thought he was trying to laterally because he didn't want to get tackled in the first quarter. That's what I thought. He almost did it twice. Twice. He the did. first time right. was a design play. The second time, all right, what's going on here? Something's a little <laughs> off here with him. The Chiefs ran the ball for 42 yards. So it's not like the run game really carried him. Mm-mm. Marcus. You're, you got Marcus Kemp, NVS. And Sky Moore. And Sky Moore is yeah. your receivers. Yeah, man. Juju hurt. Kadarius Tony hurt. McCall, McCall Hardman, Hardman hurt. Yep. Uh-huh. For them to win that football game is remarkable. You don't win that football game with any current quarterback in the league, and there's maybe six to eight quarterbacks in the history of the NFL you win that game with. Carrington, if you had if you had just woken somebody up, right, and they had not watched the game, and you would just give them Patrick Mahomes' stat line, he completed 29 of 43 passes for 326 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Obviously, he had the, the ball slip out of his hand for a fumble. He had a pass rating of 105. And everybody would have just been like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like a Patrick Mahomes game. No, no, he had a high ankle spray. <laughs> like... <laughs> he didn't have his. He didn't have his top receiver. He didn't have. He didn't even have his most dynamic receiver. And then the guy who's mostly here to run deep routes to keep people honest. He became the top target because the the other team was like, why would we? Why would we not double Travis Kelsey? And as you said, Isaiah Pacheco running his heart out, but like they didn't get any push up front. They won the game. It's it's. You know, Carrington, I was really nervous about Sunday's game for the Chiefs because 
I thought Cincinnati is healthier. They're on a 10-game winning streak. They got a really good quarterback. They got a smart coach who has really squeezed all the advantages in fourth quarters of close games in the pre, you know, three previous. I just thought, hey, man, they, they won here last year. They're not coming in, you know, intimidated. Uh, you want to cover Jamar Chase? They won the game. He he got sacked three times. Now, most of that is on him because he was holding on to the ball, trying to trying to extend the play as best he could. He couldn't sprint. He couldn't move. They won the game. Like, they're going to the Super Bowl because he is he, he is better than the mere mortals. Um he he had 116 yards to Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Isaiah Pacheco had 59 yards. That's his that's his third leading receiver in the game on checkdowns. Um the touchdown pass MVS is, is exceptional because he steps into the pocket. He throws an absolute like dart. I am I'm not I, when when can I question Patrick Mahomes again, Carrington? When can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. I I two years? Four? When, when can I question Patrick Mahomes? When he's when he's when he's not on the field? Uh I don't obviously wish injuries upon anybody, but unless Something unforeseen happens. Um, he the best player in football for the next five to six years. I mean, it's just, and it's not close. Like that. Not, that's not what, even close. That's what really makes it so impressive. Is right now in the NBA, you might think that Giannis is the best player in the league. I might think it's Kevin Durant. Somebody mm-hmm. might think it's Luca. Like there's yeah. Nikolai Jokic. There's there's four or five people that to me are in the conversation for right. best you know player in the NBA. Right right now I. I don't know what other argument you could make for anybody. We listened last week as people tried to say, well, Burrow's better at this. Like, no, Joe Burrow is a great player. Mm-hmm. No denying that. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest athletes we have ever seen. It's just different. Burrow's not one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen. Yeah. He's one of the better quarterbacks I've ever seen. <laughs> He's not one of the greatest athletes we have ever seen. It's that simple. <laughs> you know how hard it is to be like, Hey, man, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've, yeah. I've ever seen. And he's not. He's just not in the same. Not even close. He's not even close. Like, he played on a high ankle sprain. I, ah, I can't doubt this man. I can't doubt this man for a while. And, again, I thought the circumstances would lead me to believe that, like, hey, you know, if the Chiefs don't win, it's a shame. You know, again, as I've said before, Carrington, they had already achieved for me. Hey man, you got you got back to the AFC Championship game after you traded away Tyreek Hill and drafted ten rookies and you know revamped the entire receiving core. Like that's an amazing thing. And then you mean to tell me on a bomb ankle he led y'all to the Super Bowl? It's Carrington. One of the best plays of the game is Andy being like I. Because you know Andy Reid was like, I, I want to kick another field goal. Like, I want points. And and, and Patrick's like, no, no, no. It's fourth and one. We got it. They know we can't run the ball. They know I'm not going to do a quarterback sneak because I have a – obviously I have a high ankle sprain. You wouldn't do that if he was 100% healthy. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what they do. We don't put this on field. That's not what they do. So, all right, coach, let's have me roll out to my right. And they're going to be like, well, first option's not there. 
All right, let me look at MVS. Yeah, kind of tight. I don't want to. I don't want to risk it. You know how many quarterbacks would have absolutely lost their minds? Would have went like, "Oh no, I'm my my brain is short circuiting. It's fourth down. I'm gonna make a terrible decision. I'm gonna try to run for it. Probably not get it. Or I'm gonna throw across my body. It's gonna be an inaccurate pass. What you don't want to happen is you want you don't want to get strip sacked from behind, like." He extends the play, and then he stops, stops, stops. Ah, ah, there's Kelsey on a rope, accurate. Jesse Bates, thanks for playing. Like, sorry, I don't know what you can do. Like, he's like, I'm right next to Kelsey. I have him covered. No, you don't. On fourth and one? Oh, what are we supposed to do? I thought he had Juju open underneath on that play, too. I thought, yeah. I mean, I mean there, there was a chance there. I mean, instead of going for broke, so to speak, mm-hmm. I thought he would take the little check down. Hey, let's move the change. Let's extend it. I mean, that that shows a lot of trust. Like, that yes. was a big thing for me in this game was we saw trust on really all three phases of it. There was mm. trust on the special teams. There was trust in Sky Moore yep. to be on the punt return. We know how that went so far. I remember you telling me that he told you that he had trouble tracking the, the ball. ball. Yes. He told you. <laughs> well, you can't be on kick return, a punt return, if you're having a tough time tracking the ball. We saw confidence in the defense and certainly confidence in the offense. Yeah. Um, confidence to just rely on your best players. Um, I, I, I'm assuming we'll get to the special teams of Sky more later, but yes, I, no one had reminded me this. Thank you, Carrington. I just, the man said it early November, Hey man, it's, it's higher. Like they punt the ball higher. I can't, it's not the jugs machine. God, I remember that conversation. Shout out to Sky Moore for just being honest. And then obviously, um, working through the issues and, and just when he caught it, he hit he hit it, got upfield. Um, it was a really impressive play given what he'd done early in the season. But, yeah, there's a level of trust between even Mahomes and, and um, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. I mean, all those all those reps in Texas in the offseason, all those reps at training camp, all those reps of like, hey, you're running a route to get somebody else open. And for both of them to realize in the moment, hey, I, I got the one-on-one. They're doubling Kelsey. He sees it. Um, and trust that the ball's going to be there on time in the right location. Yeah, I mean, again, Mike Hilton, what are you supposed to do? Like, hey, I, 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 I'm on his hip. It's a perfect throw. Like, it's one-on-one coverage, but I feel like I did a good job. And then I'm coming off the field, and they're, they're putting seven points on the scoreboard. Um, I mean, even Mahomes trusting his offensive line, I thought really well, moved in the pocket. Showed you that he's he had better pocket presence than Joe Burrow yesterday. Um, it wasn't every play that Chris Jones was in the backfield, but he was in the backfield enough that he led to some happy feet, to some indecision, to like, where should I go? Should I scramble? Should I extend plays? Joe Burrow was asking himself a lot of questions in that game. And you do that all the time playing quarterback because there's gigantic men trying to obviously tackle you or pressure you. Mahomes on a bad ankle was like, yeah, let me just move here. Let me just slide right. All right, it's, it's third and four, and we got to get five. I'm going to go out there and get five, Carrington. I'm going to go out there and get five when we absolutely need to get five. Um, I think Next Gen Stats had that he he ran at 18 miles an hour, which is the fastest he's ran in both postseason games, healthy and obviously hindered. So a lot of trust from everybody, but it just explains that um, 
They have the best quarterback in the world, Carrington. So until proven otherwise, which again, I don't know, four, five, six years from now, if he's on the field, they have a chance to beat anybody. And that that was confirmed yesterday, and it will likely be the case two Sundays from now when they play the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Coming up on the other side, we talked about Mahomes in the offense. Let's talk about the defense who played really well in this game and maybe isn't going to get the national credit that they deserve, but we can certainly give it to them right here on the Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the Nate Taylor Show. Carrington here, Nate Taylor here. Nate, let's talk about this defense, man. This defense has been much maligned over the course of the year. And in the playoffs, their defense has stepped up and played really well. It's really started up front to me, man. Football is simple. Control the line of scrimmage. They've controlled the line of scrimmage in their two playoff games. They've won both of their playoff games. I said this to you all season. Uh-huh. The, th- this defense is the best when they get the best version of Frank Clark. That was the case when they won the Super Bowl, and this is probably the best he's played since they won the Super Bowl. It it really is. Um I'm just I'm just happy that uh we all understand this now and both the player and the and the unit is just realize the moment, right? I mean it appears, Carrington, that Frank Clark was trying to um, do what was necessary to get through the season, but was not was not playing at his absolute maximum peak or effort. Um, he wanted to do a better job of picking his spots. Obviously, the Chiefs have sort of schemed their pass rush to center around Chris Jones. Chris Jones got 15 and a half sacks because he's the best interior pass rusher. So now teams are having to account for Jones, for obvious reasons, and he's still winning double teams. And that just leaves one-on-one opportunities for both Frank Clark and George Karloftis, who are both healthy, who are, you know, doing a nice job of having strength to speed or speed to strength when they want to go rush the passer. And, yeah, Joe Burrow got sacked four times before halftime. Uh, the Chiefs finished the game with five sacks, obviously the last one being Chris Jones. Um they're going to get, obviously, a massive test against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have some in, you know, who have some injuries on their own, Lane Johnson most specific. But, you know, they're going to go up a step against that offensive line. But, yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs generated plenty of pressure. They had 50 sacks in the regular season. And one of the things that we talked about was, like, was that a function of playing, you know, mostly mediocre to bad teams? Or is this because the pass rush is actually – one of the best in the league. Well, in two games against Jacksonville and Cincinnati, it, it has been the best pass rush in the AFC so far. So those 55 sacks, they translate. Um, and, yeah, Frank Clark has has peaked at the right time, and that's what he did in 2019, um, and he's doing it again. And if they have another one of these games, uh, Jalen Hurts is going to feel a lot of the same things Joe Burrow felt because, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are really good. I don't know if it's quite the same comparison between A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith, um, 
But yeah, Jalen Jalen Hurts needs to not feel like he's being pressured all the time. But when you got two pass rushers playing at elite levels, um, it'll get you really far towards winning the championship. Football sometimes is really simple. You and I have talked a lot about turnover differential and how important that is. And I think one of the biggest indicators of who wins or loses a game is the turnover margin. Especially when the teams are evenly matched. The Chiefs won the turnover margin. They won this game. But their defensive line helped force the turnovers. Yes. By getting pressure on Burrow, I would call the intentional grounding. That's a sack. Yes. You throw the ball like that because you were trying to avoid (laughs) a sack. Right. I don't want to get hit no more. That's a sack. Yeah. So you got more pressure. I mean, you really you get you get credit for five sacks. You really probably got six or seven when you factor in the intentional grounding and mm-hmm. those calls. And then you force two turnovers. Their defensive line, I thought, really set the tone in this game. And how they started in the first quarter, I yeah. thought carried them the rest of the game. Even when the offense hit a little bit of a lull, and we'll talk about the end of the game and all of those things, but. Yeah. That defense, I think, setting the tone early, especially when you couple that with the crowd noise and how engaged the crowd was, I thought that really carried the team for the full 60. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was really it was really good that Chris Jones got the sack, got the first sack, his first career postseason sack, out of the way. Um, I thought Spagnuolo did a really nice thing of, like, showing some blitzes but not actually blitzing too much. Um, yeah. As I said to you on Friday – uh, on your show, Carrington, I was wanting the corners to be daring because, yeah, if you get pressure up front, maybe the pass isn't going to be as accurate. And that was the case. Um, you know, Joe Burrow feels pressure. He double clutches. He throws up one, and Jalen Watson comes down with it um, because he's got, obviously, sticky coverage on T. Higgins. Um, the deep ball that Brian Cook tips to Joshua Williams, I mean, that's just that's a hell of a play. But also, there are guys in the backfield pressuring Burrow. Chris Jones had 10 pressures in the game, Carrington, even though he was <laughs> double teamed half the game. It's insane, man. He's like the the rare combination of quickness and and strength um to collapse a pocket. And then he has the ability to go on the outside if he wants to if he wants to strict one-on-one on a passing down. Um it it's really cool that they tackled better. The cornerbacks Caught a couple passes. Um, they played the the Bengals wide receivers, I thought, to about an even. When you look at the highlights and, you know, the production, like no one had over 100 yards for the Bengals in terms of receiving. Um, and yet, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, with a little bit of Karloftis, a little bit of Mike Dana, now you got real guys. You got somebody winning on every play. And that really helps because in the past – you know, Joe Burrow would drop back and no one was winning for the Chiefs. And that's why he would be like, oh, well, now I can get comfortable, get in a rhythm, find my matchups, you know, keep the ball moving. Um, but, yeah, the them getting the first sack on Burrow early and then doing it on the next drive again, um, it, it really helped because the Bengals, it took them about a quarter and a half to get in rhythm or to at least figure out, how are we going to block these dudes? And if you do that, then, yeah, the offense can take some time to find its footing, to find its rhythm, obviously because Mahomes is dealing with the high ankle sprain. Um, yeah, I give a lot of credit to that defense because they were young, they were athletic, and they were willing to make plays that um, I wasn't sure they were going to make, even with Chris Jones being the best player on the field. 
So let's talk about let's talk about the young secondary here. You lose Legereus Sneed pretty early on in this. And you want to talk about youth. McDuffie, young guy, Watson, young guy, Joshua Williams, who hasn't really played a whole lot. Not in the last month. Over the last month or so. Mm -hmm. Brian Cook, another young guy. You're talking about four rookies at the heart of that secondary to go up against Jamar Chase, who, in my opinion, is one of the three best receivers in the National Football League. You know mm -hmm. I like T. Higgins. I think yep. he's one of the better number twos, could be a one on a lot of teams. I know Tyler Boyd got injured, but Boyd made a couple of plays before he got injured. Yep. This secondary really stepped up against one of the best wide receiver trios, combinations in the National Football League. And they challenged, they challenged them. That was a cool thing. Um, in the first matchup, just to remind the listeners, like, like Steve Spagnuolo wanted to play more zone, right? Like, just don't get beat deep. Like we all remember third and twenty-seven. Don't get don't get beat over the top. Um, try to keep everything in front of you. Well, you know, Joe Burrow did a good job of just, you know, hitting the daggers, hitting the hitting the, you know, in cuts. Here's a curl. Obviously, they break a tackle. Now a seven-yard gain is a 12-yard gain. You know, let me check it down to the running back. Um, in this game, it's like, you know we're blitzing. And we know Chris Jones is getting pressure, so now we can get physical up front. Now we can press these receivers, get in their hip pockets, don't let them create separation. Um, even on the – like, the, the crazy thing is, like, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are so good that Joe Burrow's throwing up passes that, like, you shouldn't throw up because, like, you know, Jamar Chase is double covered on fourth and sixth and he somehow comes down with the ball because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hey, go-get-ball type of pass. Um the throw to T. Higgins was was great because I thought Jalen Watson was in coverage, got his head around. Ball's too high because T. Higgins is 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 just got all the vertical um, against most offensive backs. But outside of that, Carrington, like he couldn't find any open space on like intermediate or deep passes because these rookies are fast enough, their technique is sound, and they did a very they did a very good job press pressing the receivers at the line of scrimmage and then making the tackle. Carrington, do you remember any any game in the game that had 20 yards that was also featuring a missed tackle by the Chiefs? Because I don't remember one. And that is – that's saying something because Jamar Chase for the longest time always made the first guy miss, and then he needed the second and the third guy to, to bring him down on the turf. Well, McDuffie covered him well. I thought Jalen Watson did a nice job, and then – they really used Joshua Williams and Justin Reed to double him when he was on the other side of the field. Um, I can't believe they found three rookies in the draft and they all had success in various ways yesterday, um, which is just another sign that, like, whatever the Chiefs are doing from a scouting standpoint, um, teams may want to pay attention because they revamped the entire secondary. And then against probably the best offense not named the Chiefs in the AFC, they held to 20 points because – um, these cornerbacks were willing to go toe-to-toe, step-for-step -step with some of the best receivers in the league. Coming up on the other side, I want to talk to you about some of the unsung heroes in the game. I mean, we haven't talked a whole lot about Sky Moore and kind of his situation early in the season. There were a lot of guys that really stepped up and made plays. Right now, we're uh, having the Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
Nate Taylor, I want to play some audio for you really quickly. Some audio that we played over the course of the show, and I just want to get your opinion. All right. This first one is from 1530 ESPN in Cincinnati. Ooh, okay. They're very upset about the officiating Spicy? in yesterday's game. Officiating tonight, though, was shoddy. Yeah. It was really shoddy. I mean, did you even see on Twitter, like, where it's trending, like, NFL being rigged, like, because of all the bad officiating? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean. so many missed holding calls. And then even Mixon, you know, like how, you know, I know they called the one of Mahomes, but Mixon earlier in the game when he was going out of bounds, he got hit out of bounds. They never yeah. even called that. So it's like there was a lot of terrible calls. Like, And then that third, that do-over on third down, I've never seen that before in my life. I know I didn't <laughs> Neither have I, homie. End yeah. of the game, but what? Like, I've never seen that before in the NFL. Yeah. Like, you could just redo it out. Like, it's just, there was a lot of bull crap, man. And So Cincinnati fans are very upset about the officiating in the game. I just think Cincinnati got outplayed. Kansas City was more efficient on third downs. They were better in the red zone. They committed fewer penalties. Fewer turnovers. Fewer turnovers. I, I mean, there are certain boxes that you got to check to win football games. They didn't really check a lot of those boxes here. I'm not saying that I think the officiating was great or perfect. Mm -hmm. I think it's rarely those things. We could go through every game in the National Football League and find five to seven plays where we think holding should have been called. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And um, the, the, the funniest part is everybody will acknowledge, hey, man, did you just give Patrick Mahomes another third down? While also realizing that the Chiefs didn't score on that position. They only had the ball for like 70 more seconds after that. Yeah. Yeah. They did, did, didn't get in field goal range. Didn't score a touchdown. It had no effect on the outcome of the game. Yeah. The only call that I think you could maybe argue, but I would say even then, the Bengals got a first down on that drive, mm. was the Frank Clark, you probably could have called roughing the passer there. It's in line with how they've called it all season. I don't like that call. Right. But the NFL decided that they're going to give quarterbacks a certain level of protection and safety. And Frank Clark hit him a little bit late. I don't think it was egregious, but Mm -hmm. he kind of bumped him a little bit late. That's the one call to me that just really stands out. We We could find holding on Kansas City side, Cincinnati side. The truth of the matter is Cincinnati had two chances with the ball with less than 10 minutes to go and scored zero points in those drives. Kansas City scored three points on those drives. That's the difference in winning and losing the game. Yeah, and, I mean, we're not even getting into, like, um, I thought they did a poor job with distribution of timeouts, you know, before halftime, Carrington. All of a sudden, they got down the field, and they didn't have enough time to run a couple plays near the goal line. They only had time to play one, and Chris Jones blew that play up immediately by pushing two guys back. Um, I thought, hey, if you're going to punt the ball, punt it towards one of the sideline. Angle the punt. Don't put it in the middle of the field, even if it's Sky Moore back there. There's a number of things that you can second guess from Cincinnati, but it doesn't doesn't behoove you to say, well, oh, well, it was was holding. Okay. Sometimes you need to walk people through the scenario. All right, so it's instead of third and four, it's 13 and four. Y'all picking, y'all, y'all stop. Y'all, are you going to stop Mahomes? I don't know. You know, if you want to say that Orlando Brown held on the last play, it's also fascinating that Joe Thomas, the best left tackle we've seen in 
a generation basically say on Twitter, like, no, like that's not that's not how the rule is interpreted. It's actually not a holding penalty because he still is inside the defensive um shoulder pads, inside the framework of the defender, even though the defender is trying to use a move uh to get past the quarterback or to at least uh to get to the quarterback and you know, sort of swim past the offensive lineman. Um did anybody tell Joe Burrow to throw the ball to, to Jalen Watson? Uh, you know, it's tough, but the officials were not the issue. The issue was they they couldn't block Chris Jones. Whether you call a holy pillar or not on the other team, are like okay, they start overtime. Who's to say that Chris Jones doesn't get a sack in overtime because of either a block in the back or a holding penalty? Um, that it subjectively wasn't called. So I I agree with the, hey, that's an extra third down. What we doing? But also, they ain't getting no points out of it. So I don't think I don't think the refs did anything egregious that was ultimately deciding who goes or who doesn't go to the Super Bowl. And I've seen people complaining about the final penalty of the game, the Joseph Osai push out of bounds. Oh, what? And what? I, I've seen people complain. You about see that. people complain? I've the the, the thing wow. that I've heard the most is you know how it is in a basketball game, how you can't put somebody on the free throw line and go win it. That that penalty then puts Kansas City in field goal range. But then my big argument, Nate, has been this. You can't tell me that you want the game officiated properly and yes. then you want them to <laughs> miss obvious calls. Patrick right. Mahomes is clearly out of bounds. That's a penalty. Yeah. I'm sorry that the guy got called for the penalty in that situation. Was D Ford offsides? He was offsides. He was offsides. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm seeing it and I'm like, they've been calling that. It's not even like a, that's a this year thing. They've been calling that for 25 years. Mahomes is three steps out of bounds. It's bad, man. Three steps out of bounds. I mean, we've seen sometimes where some quarterbacks will kind of run and run and then wait for you to come hit them and they'll quickly turn out of bounds. And then, yeah. <laughs> Flop out, that's of, not what this out of control. Yeah. You got to think, Osai wasn't even the – he wasn't even the first guy there. He was the second guy right. in that situation that then puts the hit on him. No, that's a penalty. Come on now. We all know that. We all watch football every Sunday. Yeah. That is a penalty. He, I mean, one of the saddest things about – these type of moments is, and, it, and obviously it does remind me a lot of the the D Ford um, offsides penalty. You know, basically the last thing that he was known for in a Chiefs uniform. Um, that's how the. You I mean everybody knows the rules? You know, we have video evidence. It's not like it was. Um, you know, it was pretty black and white. There's no gray. He's he's out of bounds, and um, I know. You know. From the previous clip, the guy's like, well, you know, there was a time where Joe Mixon, well, Joe Mixon might be fighting for additional yards near the sideline. Therefore, the second defender ensures that he gets knocked out of out of bounds. That's a judgment call. Patrick Mahomes was giving himself up, which is always a slight difference that I think fans struggle with is, is the quarterback giving himself up by running out of bounds. We all agree that. Doesn't mean you should touch him. You touch him, well, he was already out of the field of play. He had already given up on the run or the scramble. Uh, it's unfortunate. It does add a, a bit of a element to the rivalry because now that'll be Joseph Asai's sort of, you know, reputation for at least a year. I assume, you know, Cincinnati will be back in the playoffs. I kind of assume they'll probably either face the Chiefs or the Bills 
So he'll, he, you know, you hope that he gets another chance to sort of find his own redemption. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to have Carl Cheffers ref the Super Bowl, Carrington. Like, the officiating I don't expect to be excellent, but you also can't do the most egregious thing in the most critical moment of the game. Um, because to your point, yeah, we can call a holding on any time in the second quarter, third quarter, early fourth, but if you push the quarterback out of bounds when he's already out of bounds, that's a 15-yard penalty, regardless of if you guys, if the other team is in field goal range or close to field goal range or not. I want to play one more for you, and there's not really like, you know, there's not really like any commentary to give to this. I, I just want you to hear <laughs> the kind of conversations they were having in Cincinnati earlier. I got, I got, I got two questions for you. Okay. Do we save the seven hundred million dollars and get rid of Burrow and get CJ Stroud? What? Because Burrow looks scared the whole time. I'm not doing that. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm hanging up on Steve. What? I'm not doing that. Um, I, I mean that Steve Steve's phone call is a perfect example of mental illness. <laughs> Look, I like the CJ Stroud tapes. Okay. What do you know about taking a team to the Super Bowl? No, we gotta get, we gotta. Tra- I mean, let's save, <laughs> let's save the cap and let's trade Joe Burrow. You know what? I actually think, I actually think that right now, I, I needed this. I'm so happy you played me this clip because yeah. I didn't know what was coming. But dog. I mean, you could probably get the number one overall pick. I mean, if you're Cincinnati right now, hey, call Houston and, and you call and you <laughs> call, call Chicago and you call the Bears. You know what I think they'll give you? I think they'll give you the number one overall pick. <laughs> This miss I, I would. I mean, if I if I'm Chicago, <laughs> I mean, I like Justin Fields too. But you know what I would do? I would trade Justin Fields for Joe Burrow. Hey, man, we gotta change some things up this year. <laughs> I need. He looks scared. Jamar man. needs. Jamar needs more touches. He's <laughs> like what? He said. He said that's a perfect example of mental illness. That's what he said. I that's just. I, and sometimes you gotta remind fans too that like, hey man, it's okay. You lost to Chris Jones. He was the best interior pass rusher in the league. Sometimes your team gonna lose, man. Hey man, Patrick Mahomes. He's he's excellent. Also, the reason the reason they lost in the Super Bowl last year is because Aaron Donald exists. And, you know, Matthew Stafford played the, you know, he went on the best stretch of his career and he threw a no-look pass, you know, to get Cooper Cup open. Which, by the way, the league changes so fast. Cooper Cup had a Jerry Rice season last year. And then he got hurt. And, and we like, may oh, what's gonna happen? never gonna see happen. him again. I mean, what's going to happen? Like, I might want to tell Cooper, like, hey, man. Had a hell of a run, dog. It's a great run. He had a hell of a he had a Jerry Rice postseason. Had a great run. It's a great run. Got him a ring, got him a lot of money. No, he had a great run. Matthew Stafford got a messed up elbow. Yo. Like, it, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look good for the Rams. Uh let let's take a break here. Uh coming up. You know what? I want to just wrap up all the level of disrespect we've heard from the Bengals over the last mm. you know week or so, you know. Burrow head, Eli Apple's been yapping. Has he tweeted today? Oh, I'm going to look better, this up. He better not get on Twitter. Eli Apple better not get nowhere <laughs> He was trending, near, I'll tell you that. Nowhere, nowhere near Elon <laughs> Musk's app. It's the Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We got the Nate Taylor Show going here, Nate. 
Can we get Frank Clark to go on the, the New Heights podcast? That's what we really need. I want Frank Clark to go on Jason <laughs> and Travis's podcast. Before the game or after the game? Whenever. Okay. I don't care when he goes on there. <laughs> I want to know and learn more about Frank Clark. He's, he's a treat. He's Frank, always a treat. Frank Clark is Marshawn Lynch. He's incredible. It's so good. Listen to this. This was after the game. <laughs> I don't know who the hell they think they was calling this burrow head. I don't know who the hell they thought they was talking about. They was going to finish us off. They will take their bum ass back to Cincinnati. Man, they came to Chiefs game and got their ass stumped off. I don't know what number one did. I told him to holler at me. I don't know what the bang. I told them all to holler at me. I told him last year they didn't get my best. I told them this year they barely got my best. I told them with the playoffs, though, I'm the f***ing king. They got to holler at me every f***ing game. So that was after the game. I might just play just audio clips that just had me laughing the whole time. Like, Frank Clark, it's still not as good as the Tennessee promo that he no, cut. No, that, that Titans promo. That's the, that's that a peak cut. right there. I mean, that, that puts you in the WWF Hall of Fame. I mean, that was Scorpion Ooh. King, the mummy, the rock. That was great. Yeah. We got to get Patrick Mahomes Sr. his love because he's smoking on that Joe Burrow tonight. You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow. <laughs> I'm smoking on the Joe Barrow. Oh, How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he going to show up and, and show out. And I'm just Silky glad he P. did it. <laughs> Silky P. Amazing. You know he had a good Mad Dog 2020 later on that night. Oh, of course. Did he get any sleep? He probably still hasn't gone to sleep. <laughs> Monday, the next day. Yeah. I mean, he's my baby boy. I was yeah. like, yeah. I knew he was going to do it. He yeah. Do it. He, he got like, my last name. He got on, my man. name. He going to do it. Come on. Now what we do? We smoking on that Joe Burrow tonight. Oh, Burrow. We smoking on that Joe Burrow. Sports is, sports is great because of this. Like, all this talk, somebody going to get it. Like, <laughs> There's gonna be oh, a scoreboard you, you, you if knew. somebody gonna get it. The Chiefs wouldn't have done this if Cincinnati had just been professional. If, if Cincinnati, like respectable. The thing is, I think Kansas City likes Buffalo. Like I think they like the Bills. Yeah, they actually admire the Bills. I think they like the Bills. They don't like Cincinnati and at all. And Cincinnati don't like them. And that's what makes it so interesting. I mean, listen, you've never heard Chris Jones talk like this. You know, I let my emotions all bottle up throughout the week. There's a lot of talking going on. I don't, I'm not really much of a talker. Um, it's a full circle, 360, man. Um, these are moments I prepared for all offseason. I dedicated my offseason to this moment last year when I missed two sacks to end the game, and I put it up on myself. This game, we're going to end it up front. And that's what we did. We got a resilient group in our room. Show up with the D-line, and these guys fall through all night, man. The last thing you said to us when you walked off the podium here at Arrowhead was everybody enjoy Burrowhead. Did that motivate you all week? Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, 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 and I'm looking at the camera when I said this, disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium at G-E-H-A! <laughs> Somebody gave him that talking to last week. You know what yeah, I mean? Somebody yeah, gave him that talk. Chris, we don't do that here. Hey, man, if you want that extension, <laughs> we're going to need you to know who the you sponsors can, you are. You can't be costing us money <laughs> if you're trying to get more money. Yeah, you got to know who the sponsors are if you want to get this extension, man.
You ready for some more, man? This is just, I, could, I really could sit here and just play this all day, man. <laughs> hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. When was the last time you, you heard jabroni? For your right, jabroni! <laughs> I don't really watch wrestling like that anymore. He called him a jabroni. When was the last time you heard jabroni He in said public? he was going to check him into the SmackDown Hotel. <laughs> that's what he told him. He said, he said you're going to the SmackDown Hotel. I... You know, I was a laugh in the press box, but I had to laugh. I was like, when was the last time I've heard Jabroni? <laughs> That's what he said. He's called him a Jabroni. <laughs> like, Travis is cool. I'm the same age. Like, we're the same age. It's like, we kind of just aged ourselves. But, like, all right. I mean, can I, I, I guess Jabroni's the, the public word you can yeah, use. Yeah, Jabroni. I want to play you one more thing before we get out of here. It's the Nate Taylor show. I got to play this for you. Have you heard the Tony Romo clip yet? No, because I've 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 watched some parts of the game, but I'm I'm okay. I'm not sure I've heard. What I you're want about you to, to I want you to listen very very carefully here. Oh oh, oh oh, Dusty Likens is like oh no. I just want you to listen. I just want you to listen. I just want you to listen. Just listen. The extra yards, the tough yards, the finish on the play, right there. You got three. And th- you talked about this is the <laughs> best tackling team. They don't miss tackles. <laughs> What do you think Tony's saying there? Like, what do you, what do you think he's trying to say? <laughs> it's a... Because uh, I played this earlier. People were like, well, maybe he's trying to say Niners. Why, would he, be, why would he be saying Niners in that situation? He's on the call for Chiefs and Bengals. Bagels. He, he's maybe called one San Francisco game all season. <laughs> and I actually think it was the Chiefs game. That was Halloween time. Dog. Um... I'm shocked you hadn't seen that yet. That's been circulating. I, the I saw it on the internet, but I I didn't really watch the clip because <laughs> you know I'm trying to I know do. When you hear you're like what what what? what? what like I kind of want to play it again, but I kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Nate Taylor show. Dusty up next. Take care of yourself.